Three, two, one, let's fuck. Wait, which director is it that does three, two, one, let's fuck? Um, anyway, well, we'll definitely keep that bit in. Uh, so, <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Real Politic. I am Jack, Jack Fringreed, at Gapesology, the infamous, as Mob Deep would say, and I'm joined once again back from the most poorly timed holiday since Corbyn decided to spend the entirety of the EU referendum in 2016 swanning about on his luxury yacht, reading Ian Dunn's articles about how bad the EU was. Yep, Geraint's back with me, formerly at Wario Tifo, now at Waluigi Tifo. I, see, I don't know all the, 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 the like Mario lore and shit, whatever. Like, uh, Waluigi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Waluigi just, Tifo. Just as Wario is the the evil version of Mario, they then later brought in Waluigi, who is a, an evil version of Luigi. So oh, you can see it's some okay. some really complex lore you're missing out on there by not being the the specific sort of nerd that all the rest of us on left Twitter are. <laughs> Oh man, well that sounds very, yeah, very complicated. I'm not sure I can wrap my head around it, a simple man like me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, regarding that in general, I'm back on today. But you do, but, you do, you have an announcement to make, basically, yeah, is yeah. what I was, I was leading to. Yeah, so obviously I've been involved with real politics since I think February, a little bit before that with some of the Twitter stuff, but in terms of on the podcast, it's been a little while, it's been fun doing it, but it's got to a point where it's like, I've now managed to get I believe two of the actual real politic podcast accounts banned because I think my account and that account getting banned the same time the other day it's because they were both mm. linked to my phone number and when one's got banned they've taken out any other accounts on the same one because that it, could be why miraculously <laughs> my personal yeah, account for once yeah and in fact the, the crazy moose music account remained intact exactly whereas my completely innocuous account drill 316 which is just wrestling screenshots with relevant drill quotes pasted over it was also banned completely to hell no reason given fake news yeah, man look that's just yeah, we can't have that stuff yeah. polluting our public discourse that is not a real quote from the honky tonk man at all how dare you <laughs> come on now right so that's now two accounts have gone even though the stuff i was saying about lord renard that got the first one banned was absolutely correct it was um, true. And I've not been given a reason for the other bands. But it's, it's got to a point now. I've had basically 10 years on Twitter. And I've probably yeah. probably this Long next time. account won't last 10 years like the last one did. You're an old man. I mean, like, imagine if you, another mm. 10 years. It would be like the Rolling Stones still performing age 40. It would be like Monty Python reunion, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking it's probably time to step back. I don't know if I'll do it immediately after this episode or after the election. But I was mm. thinking that it might be time to do that. So, you know, I've been thinking about that for a week now since I got banned. I think a period of, of uh, yeah. long reflection is, is, is must, much needed, really. Exactly. Much to think about. And, and the ultimate decision I've come to is that, you know, it's, you been, have it's been a very difficult decision, but I will we'll never retire. retire. I love this business 
I'm going nowhere. Thank you. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. What's it? Well, we know who the hard left are in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. Hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that's a hard left wing position. Hard so left, the hard left, to the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 Right, here we are in, Chris Leslie's just said his bit. Wow, that was like, I mean, I just, I just re-watched The Wolf of Wall Street yesterday, and uh, that has, in fact, precisely that happening in it. He's like, fuck you, I ain't retiring. You know, maybe that was even influenced by Ric Flair. Maybe Ric Flair had read The Wolf of Wall Street, who knows? I think it's the other way around. I think Ric Flair is, is the OG and that sort of thing. He's been, yeah, I mean, he's like a 60-year-old man now. He's been going. I see. He was going for like 30 years doing his act and it was good enough people never got sick of it. Do you think Scorsese's been to see him? It's actually possible at some point. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he likes wrestling. I don't think he's into sport at all. I think Raging Bull was a fluke. It was just because he liked the character. Mm-hmm. But Wait, I not think... that I mean like Jake LaMotta is like a likeable guy, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I think Ric Flair crosses over like three separate wrestling booms. So anyone that's paid any attention, even out of morbid curiosity at some point, is likely to have seen him unless they're very young. And he was Mm. basically the most charismatic guy for most of it. It's me taking no for an answer, you know. It's them them selling me, not the other way around. It's, It's me being a hypocrite is what it is. So, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home! They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here! They're gonna need to send in the National Guard a fucking SWAT team, cause I ain't going nowhere! Fuck them! Well, thank you for playing with our fans like that for, for fucking with people you know keeping everyone on tenter hooks it's a roller coaster of emotions what can i say and yeah we'll be bringing you a even bigger mm. roller coaster we've planted the acorn the acorn that, that planted the seed 
that will grow from an acorn into a big roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Plant the seed that grows from an acorn into a big tree. Of political subterfuge, chicanery, skullduggery. That's what we'll be talking about today. Yes, we are putting our eagle eye on Westminster and rather the country at large because Parliament's not currently in session. We're going to be giving you a hard, no-holds-barred account of, of, um, of, of, of the fierce truth, of, of, of the hard truth about the, the news. Yeah, if we still had it, if we still had a Twitter account, we'd be changing the name of it to Fact Check UK right now because that's, yeah, that's I, the effect we have. I have actually thought of maybe we should set up a new account that's not affiliated with Real Politic, but it's just like hard election data, just kind of like we could literally know. just call it False Politic and say this is a completely new podcast. Here's the ads of the presenters, and it's just ours, and just link to our <laughs> SoundCloud, link to our Patreon. Would hundred percent get away with that? Like, as we used like a burner sim or something so it wasn't tied to any of our accounts like there's, yeah. there's no downside we would 100% get away with it because it is literally just mass reporting that's triggering it and most yeah. of that is because there's a bunch of weird centrists with a specific grudge against us because yeah it is it's just the weird old men surfs like three years ago or something basically it's like these fucking dads who like, I've never even heard of half of them, but I just assume we've had a beef with them at some point in 2017. <laughs> like, you know, and we just like own them so hard that we wreck yeah. their lives. Like the way that Andrew Spooner, I'm sure the guy was not like, you know, a well-rounded individual before he encountered us, but well, no, no I, no, I can he confirm. Was, he was, and that's why he wasn't sexually assaulted. Have you not read his blog? Oh, fucking because hell, he was yeah, okay. a well-rounded like, individual. For context, like, <laughs> Geraint is yeah, not yeah. Please, coming out with context. really, I'm yeah. Not... Geraint's not coming out with really noxious views there. Basically, this, you know, for those listeners not familiar with Andrew Spooner, <laughs> he's just this like really angry, like what 40, 50 year old man who he like sells coats at a market in London. He's terrified of Ricardo vans, and he just really hates us because Kieran on our old account suggested that he may be a paedophile and then he told the daily mail about this and the, so on the reason for anyway. that as well being that he'd literally spent about a week of his life obsessively researching a school uniforms in the area where matt cousin grew up it was weird stuff and he got like caught the... like liking accidentally like three-year-old tweets by matt cousin's dad because he'd scrolled that far back down his <laughs> timeline and stuff yeah. kieran might have been a little bit strong with his wording but a little bit strong it was very maybe. strange behavior that he was responding to <laughs> Yeah, exactly, but you can well. understand what provoked him. Spooner was... Oh, God, what was going on with that guy? Shit. But um, I've lo- but anyway... I've now lost the tweet because I've got banned. It's like, it was like a comparison of Andrew Spooner going like, I'm going down to the police. I've printed everything out. I've got nothing to hide. I will see, I will see justice. And then an hour oh, later, God. tweeting, accidentally deleted all my tweets ever. Whoops. <laughs> well just the thing that Geraint said basically it was about a historic blog post by Spooner which was what was it it was about how despite his own experiences of hardship he's not on the left and he thinks Tories are good people I think that was the point of it it might have been a thing it was was about his difficult upbringing I think he'd been it was part of it in Germany and he'd been orphaned at some point or something like that I have no idea but we read the whole piece out on an episode (laughs) with Laura called Uphold South 
alcoholism. So if people want to know about the contents oh. of this article, they can go and check out that episode from late 2017. Well, but well remembered the... on the title of the episode. I knew, you, I knew you'd <laughs> covered it at the time, but I, I can never remember which episode was which. It was a very good episode. You know, man, my hero is Neil Young. I'm very into kind of cultivating the back catalogue, <laughs> you know, keeping track of the archives. But yeah, he, he said this thing about how as a child, like he wasn't sexually assaulted because he was just too kind of tough and self-assertive and it was a horrible thing to say so this guy and his friends including andrew Bureau, jk falcon maltese uh edward jk eager elephant just, just flat out just, stocks in the tosses i love it yeah they're just all like very bitter angry men who spend all their days freaking out about the left there's mo Sento, the artist formerly known oh, as momentum trump he's a sad old man i mean uh, some people reckon that he's another eager elephant slash weightlifting walrus account but uh, you have so. a theory on this they which is both the... too prolifically for it to be the same person um, um and what you said to me it was pretty much a damning indictment of the whole momentum trumpton brand you said that uh he's not funny enough to be eager elephant i so didn't quite i didn't listening. quite say that because that implies that <laughs> Eager Elephant, Weightlifting, Walrus, whatever his other alt was, is funny. Ed Hill. He has at least a basic understanding of what comedy is. He tries to be funny and very rarely achieves it, but you can see what he's aiming for. The other guy, Mosent, he is now, Mosent Zero or whatever it is, yeah. he just seems to have an image folder that's like five photos from 70s sitcoms. And two or three of, like, Aaron Bastani looking a bit silly. <laughs> well, and... 70s sitcoms slash children's TV, obviously, he... like Claymation. Yeah, he looks at what's in the news every day. What's Jeremy Corbyn been up to? What's John McDonnell been up to? And he posts a quote from them about the day's events, and he posts one of his 70s sitcom ones next to it. And he's got no confidence in it. He's correct here, but he's got no confidence in his own comedy ability. So, like, two minutes after he does that, He'll post another slightly different piss take of the same event with the same person <laughs> with one of his other 70s sitcom ones. And then he'll do it with the Bastani picture and another Bastani picture and then another one of his sitcom pictures. So every time he wants to tweet a joke, he does about eight of them in the space of about 10 minutes. They're all basically the same joke. If he's really creative, he'll do the sort of say something anti-Semitic, but do it in yeah, I was literally going to say, that's his favourite thing, like I've lost oh, track of yeah. how many times this guy has done a joke where he just like, it's just like a picture of like, I don't know, like fucking like Steptoe or something, and then the caption is yeah. just like, oh, Ken, you, I'm Ken Livingston, and you're never going to believe what Hitler said, like, and it's just literally like, he just posts like some combination of like, Ken Livingston, talking, Hitler, every other day. <laughs> we need the experience and the commitment of Ken Livingston, and I would like to introduce Ken to you now. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mike. And it's, it's several just... times, you know, and he'll do it. If there's nothing really going on, if it's a slow news day politically, he'll be like, oh, Arsenal have lost a game they probably should have won. How would Aaron Bastani react to that? How would Ken Livingston react to that? Yeah, yeah, how would the, yeah. And, the and you can guess how Ken Livingston... Man, an eight half hot mum react to that? And he's just, every single thought that appears in his head, he's absolutely hedging his bets and then occasionally one will get like 30 likes or something 
there's no dignity in that, you know. <laughs> there's no dignity we're, we're, in any of these people, we've man. We've all like, around and debased ourselves for numbers, but that's just sad. The weightlifting walrus did a fucking tweet about how happy he was that we'd been suspended, mm. along with a couple of other accounts that had been suspended on that yeah. day. Uh, yeah. I think did Bane but woke. Bane. I think maybe your personal account, but, oh, but that, anyway, definitely my personal account. Yeah. Yeah, he hates yeah. you, doesn't he? Yeah. He despises me because because yeah, <laughs> because you've gone. Yeah. Two-footed in on him. So I used to times. really go two-footed in on him several times a week. Back a few months ago, I gave up keeping an eye on him <laughs> a while back. But every time I did check him, there'd be so much material. Like I've got to stop, or I will just never be able to stop dunking on the guy. So him and his mates had obviously mm. been mass reporting you and a bunch well, of other accounts. I, I don't even know if it's them. I think they just saw it happen and were very happy. I, I saw some of them in the replies saying that, that they had a bunch of reports come through at the same time. Yeah, like some some pissed diamond guy chatting with so, the So did I after I was banned. I think that was literally just a backlog with Twitter. We've received your 58 reports and it was like four months worth of reports or something. Twitter had obviously done a backlog that day and that's how we all got Band on the same day maybe but but there were like 40 mm. likes on this i was like fucking hell and i looked at the likes and aside from one by you on your new account the rest were all just like <laughs> the same fucking 40 sad dads yeah. with the same shit like pro-interventionist left melt fucking politically homeless in the bio you know the same fucking people I, I mean i've never felt less threatened by these people I know, I know. seeing what a marginal force these generally objectively threatening creeps are they absolutely really lost are a lot of influence since 2017 even screaming you know? into the void yeah, yeah absolutely more and more people just gradually think hang on this you know i like this lot generally but this spooner guy's a bit much hang on i like this <laughs> lot generally but Jimmy Sack is a bit racist sometimes, you know, and mm, yeah. it off and becoming more of a split between the sort of serious academic young centre-right tossers and the genuinely psychotic one. The tweeting question that we're talking about, he basically did like a sarcastic follow Friday, you know, like people do. Here's some great accounts yeah, to follow. Yeah. I think, yeah, I did it with all the, the band accounts. It was not saying much, it's one of the funnier tweets he's done. But oh, it, was that the one with George Eaton? Yeah, yeah, and who, had, who <laughs> hadn't been banned and it didn't really work with the joke, but he just really yeah. despises George Eaton and thinks because... He hates my friend George. Yeah, because you get on quite well with him, and I think, I yeah. think Bane does as well. He he's, yeah, assumes it, that the entire left are his best mates and like... Ed, if you're listening... Yeah. We're still friends. We might be hanging out with him tomorrow, actually. I think he thinks now that, as of about two years ago, George Eaton suddenly goes home every day and goes to the pub with the hardest left bunch of people you'll ever meet. <laughs> just like, you know... Get, yeah, or McDonald's, depending on if get, there's a strike on Gets the rebs on the jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got this really weird, warped idea of the whole thing. Yeah, you know? me, George and Mike Gapes all went to see Liam Gallagher together in Gibraltar. But the thing is, like, it must be over a year ago that Eager Elephant got banned or he switched over to Weightlifting Walrus as his main, which had been yeah. resolved previously. He He's, knows how yeah. unfair the fascist regime but Twitter by, is. By the time I saw that tweet, <laughs> that subtweet of his, because he'd obviously done it a day or so after we'd all been banned, by the time I saw that... My new account already had more followers than Weightlifting Morris and <laughs> pretty much everyone else on his little list or, or, or that even that had been banned. 
He's got a little in list. Some shape or others. It's apart, a reference for the Eric Idle heads there. Apart Carry from, on. unfortunately, Mr. Richard Miller, who no one has really heard from in quite a while. It's, yeah. That's a bit of a more worrying situation, to be honest. I've been in contact with the police, man. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's pretty dodgy. I got, I've got a private investigator on it. Yeah, trust me, man. I've been searching high and low. Mm. I'm genuinely really worried. We were going to have him on the show. But there is actually an investigative journalist who we've arranged an episode with who will be coming on to talk about the Richard Miller saga and generally political goings on in Ilford South. Yeah, um, well, let's let's hope we've got some positive developments by the time we record that because we're all yeah exactly very very worried about one of the continent's premier data journalists. I guess you guys will have to wait for our forthcoming episode with Ilford investigative journalist Jimothy Baker that we'll be recording in a couple of days. A, a titan of the local scene. <laughs> Absolutely, and he's suffered dirty tricks on Twitter. Someone called. Mr. Richard Miller, claiming to be on Mike Gape's campaign team, has urged voters to send their postal ballots to Gapes's office, even though it's illegal for a candidate to collect postal ballots. Are you involved with this? I think that man is uh, interfering in the electoral process. I don't know him, if it is a him, because uh, Twitter is all kinds of things. He's been putting out tweets um, for several weeks claiming to be my campaign manager um, and he I... He says he's suspended spokesman for Mike Gates. Right. Have you suspended him? Uh, I've, I've reported it to Twitter and tried to get them to take it down and they refused. Today, after Mail Plus contacted Twitter, the account called Mr Richard Miller was finally suspended. The Labour candidate Sam Tarry, a Corbynite, denies anything to do with the Miller tweets. But he says it's unfair for Gapes to campaign in bright red and yellow what used to be Labour colours. So should we turn our attentions, in fact, to Ilford, Mm. which is really kind of the heart of this election, where it's all going down, the kind of... If anything, for many years we were hearing that if a bunch of moderate MPs were to split off from the Labour Party and challenge Corbyn Labour and Corbyn's various clones and stooges around the country, then they would pretty much be sure to succeed because they have considerable personal votes these people each of these mps was elected not on the basis of corbyn and of labor's policies but of their own merits and if they were to put that to the test with a moderate sensible national party Mm. called the independent group for change as well as their hard-won personal brands on the doorstep they would be sure to reshape politics in this country. So, of course, we turn now to Ilford South and the ongoing hashtag Gape for Victory campaign. Yes, a real bellwether seat is, uh, <laughs> is Ilford just now. The Remain with Mike campaign is a disruptor campaign. Um, oh, have they, have they changed the uh, hashtag back now? Since the departure of Mr. Richard Miller from both the campaign and possibly from sentient <laughs> life. This coil, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny at all. It's very serious. And, no, yeah, and, so, uh, sorry, sorry. If, if you are out, if you are out there, He's Richard, please... He's joined the choir invisible. So I'm just peppering this with references for the Python heads. It tastes different. Bereft of life, it rests in peace. 
If you hadn't nailed it to the perch, it would be pushing up the daisies. Richard, if you are out there, please come home. Please make contact Richard. with your friends. We love you, Richard. Please, please, Richard. The private investigator has been looking everywhere, including Ilford's darkest milk dens. Yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed. The but one yeah. thing he hasn't done is done a reverse image search on your avatar, but I don't know. That, that, <laughs> that can't possibly be worth doing. Yeah, I don't think Michael Crick thought of doing that, to be fair. <laughs> I reckon he probably <laughs> did, and it was five minutes after that that he ran from Twitter and the police <laughs> and everyone you could think of. <laughs> <laughs> so should we explain what's actually happened? So Richard Miller um, <laughs> was exposed by Michael Crick, the veteran Channel 4 news journalist, who apparently now is one of many highly printed journalist doing hack work for Mail Online. You've got, you've got the tense a bit wrong there, but we'll come to that later. Yeah, yeah, okay. Michael well, Crick is still working with them. Yeah, Crick's managed to make it work. Yeah. But Crick went down to Ilford South to check out the local scene, and what he found was that the scene boasts some titanic politicians, of course, as Labour's candidate, Sam Tarry. Corbyn's who, candidate. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, Corbyn's candidate, Corbyn's clone, as Gapes would go on to describe him at the end of the hustings. Crick spoke to Gapes about the, and I quote, dirty tricks that have been played against him on the campaign. Now, of course, the way that Gapes phrased it made it sound as if Labour were pulling these dirty tricks rather than just a load of independently-minded individuals who wish to make fun of Mike Gapes for their personal amusement. And yes, possibly an element of political gain. But Gapes was asked by Crick about Mr. Richard Miller, the data journalist, veteran data journalist, much better than that hack James Ball, who had been professing to be Gapes's campaign manager on Twitter. Now, I'm not going to weigh in either way here. Let's hear both sides of the story before we make any judgments about whether or not Gapes was employing Richard Miller. Gapes says he wasn't, Miller says he was. Who are we going to believe here, okay? So just take that into account. Believe whatever side you want. There's two sides to every story. Richard Miller had claimed on Twitter that there's going to be vote rigging in Ilford South by Corbyn's hard left goons. So not not to be confused with the Gape goons, who I'm sure we can mention in a minute, who are still, I think, roaming the streets of Ilford South, but with some major factional divisions emerging now. Martin Francis with his bucket full of teeth. <laughs> He said that Corbyn's goons were rigging the vote in Ilford South, so basically what you needed to do was to send your postal votes directly to Mike Gapes's office. Honestly, and my- it was just such a good little bit he was doing there, man. The whole thing. There was a bit yeah. before that when there was a fuss about his campaign literature looking like Labour literature and having, like, I'm the real yeah. Labour guy or whatever it was on it. And <laughs> <laughs> Richard was sharing responses from the Electoral Commission from his correspondence with him. He was quoting them as saying, we have confirmed that this is, and then putting the little quotation brackets in, fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then people were responding to him like very serious from all sides of the political spectrum, like, that normally means you're paraphrasing when you put those brackets in. What did they actually say? And he was just replying (laughs) with, no, I can confirm, as I said, that what they said is this is absolutely square brackets fine not you know, completely <laughs> legal <laughs> but michael crick was in the thread i guess and he was extremely concerned about this and he added richard miller like this is a very serious accusation that labor are doing this this kind of vote rigging i guess that's what he originally wanted to know yeah. he may have been genuinely curious if the gapes campaign were trying to get votes sent directly to 
their office oh, Yeah, he probably thought for like a split second at least, oh, I've got a scoop here, Labour are at it. Yeah. I'm going to bring down Corbyn over this. Yeah, yeah, either that. Or, yeah, because why would he want to go for a veteran like Gapes? Because I bet Gapes and Crick have been mates for years, because Crick is oh, obviously 100%. like yeah. the big supporter of... Hammer the of the left. Sort of Hammer of the left, era. exactly. Yeah. Driving out the trots, clearing out like, you know, anyone else on the left in the process, that kind of thing. Yeah, he loves that sort of 80s period. The Gapes was shaped by as well. By the way, did you read Shrieking Tin Man's post on Medium about Gapes? Yes, it was <laughs> he, really good. He's... Yeah, there's some great lines in it. It's just a really good <laughs> summation of the whole Gapes thing. Why he's funny and particularly why his politics are fucking toxic. Exactly. It's an excellent deep Gapesological dive yeah. and I'll reshare it again after we've recorded this. But 100%. Uh, then basically it was within about a day of Crick's interview with Gapes where they talked about the dirty tricks that was oh. released on Mail Online and then like half of left wit got suspended. I think it had been no, building I, up to I, a... I think the video came out like the day after we'd all been suspended because I think it was one of oh, the right. first things I tweeted on my new account. This mm. is an absolute pro click. Please watch this video. Yeah. I can't get over it. There's a bit of Gapes moaning in general about Corbyn's <laughs> candidate and foreign <laughs> policy and you know vintage Gapes but it's, it's him going through the hits, going through the catchphrases, you know, a standard promo. <laughs> I have no idea if his name is actually Richard Miller. I've reported him to if, Twitter. If indeed it is a he. <laughs> yeah, if indeed it is a he. For yeah. all Gapes knows, there could still be a Richard Miller out there. So about halfway through Planning this video, anyway, move. they bring up Richard Miller and they're highlighting this man's claiming to be a spokesman. We don't know who he is, if he's affiliated with Labour, what he's up to. He's not responded to comments, stuff like that. But they're, they're showing like a couple of his tweets with like his Twitter handle and that in them at the time. And they've yeah. blurred out his fucking avatar to protect his privacy. <laughs> There's a lot more that they'd have to blur out if they included the full pic yeah. as well. But think about like they, they've done that for them. And yet when fucking Spooner ran to them, it was like, right, let's have your face. Let's have Yaya's face. Yeah, let's yeah. have Tom's face. Big, full, taking up most of the page with a tiny bit of text underneath. Hey, Get man. these bastards. We might have our legitimate disagreements with Mr. Richard Miller, but, you know, he's working for a serious politician, Mr. Mike Gapes, allegedly, and uh, he, he doesn't hate our country, unlike the real politic team, the men who hated Britain, so I think I think it's a perfectly understandable rationale. Yeah, so the Gapes campaign like, has just, as usual, as you kind of expect from Gapes, it's just been sort of stumbling from one fucking catastrophe to the next. I'm still waiting on those royalty checks from Joel Golby for his column in The Guardian where he talks about the election and shit posting. He's like, mm -hmm. now to our regular Gapes news feature. I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm like, come on, whose brand is that? We've never been mentioned or linked to once. Seriously, we own this man. But yeah, I am, I'm, you know, desperate for the royalty checks for the Gapes material. Further evidence that we own Gapes. Uh, <laughs> our, our, our Patreon subscriptions have actually actually gone up since the presenter that had the largest following at the time which was myself was also banned so yep. i think basically if we do less that's what you all want less is more yeah exactly yeah. i mean i was saying who knows maybe our obnoxious twitter persona was not the plus to our brand that we thought it was but um well, yeah now we've heard we, from we... them in a while maybe they're good <laughs> yeah so to be fair 
we do have some new ways of spreading our brand now. <laughs> so sinister. Yeah. <laughs> we have ways of spreading our brand. Yeah, basically, so I purchased us a URL. Hang on, let me just look on Google URLs, because I want to explain my rationale for this, why it was this particular one. So just to go on Google domains for a second, it is deeply unfortunate to me, and I will say that we are reaching out for this reason to big donors in the financial sector, Central European petrostates, basically anything. But unfortunately, were we to try and purchase MikeGapes.com, we would be set back £1,271.19 plus a further £10 for every year we had that account. Stop the extremism! Now that is fucking outrageous. Yep, that's more than the deposit that Mike Gapes is going to lose by a considerable <laughs> amount. Probably more than he's spending on his campaign and not far off his fucking golden handshake payment that's the only reason he's running. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he better fucking cough up for 1,271 quid. Not to us, I'm not, this isn't blackmail. I'm just saying he- Stop the extremism! Better give it to-, to If I'm you're listening, better, Michael Craig. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying he better give it to whoever sells domain names, the big fucking domain name god in the sky, whatever, before we fucking get our hands on 1,271 pounds 19 plus further 10 pounds per year and fucking buy it. So unfortunately, there appears to be in terms of Mike Gapes domain names. The drastic difference, and actually this isn't really unfortunate, this is fortunate. So the next top URL I'd say would be MikeGapes.co.uk, which I was able to purchase for £10. A bargain in anyone's money. That is... That's wheeler dealing, man. We we own the brand. We literally own MikeGapes.co.uk. We own Mike Gapes soon. He'll be. We own Mike Gapes. He'll be needing some income when his twenty-two grand payoff runs out. Yeah, he'll join as the host of a show. Yeah, now now (laughs) since your retirement and everything. We just do one episode with no you, but with Mike Gapes. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm hoping we can still get him on the show. That's all I'll say for now. But actually, MikeGapes.net has also been purchased by, you know, a friendly interest, a friend of the show. Gapes. The uh, St. Petersburg Troll Factories and the RP Propaganda Channel. Okay. I'm not saying it's Russia, but yeah, type in www.mikegapes.net and you'll be taken to the website of... One Mr. Sam Tarry, the nice. Labour candidate yep. for Ilford South. <laughs> I contemplated setting mikegapes.co.uk, but I thought maybe this is illegal, so I decided to set it to a bit of self-promotion instead. We've <laughs> done well though, We've promoted ourselves shamelessly, and also done some political good. Yeah, mikegapes.co.uk is us. Gapes has taken down his MP website. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Mike Gapes, yeah. mikegapes.org that is. There's a picture of a smiling Gapes, and he says, be right back, as in when he's re-elected as MP for Ilford South on the 12th of December. that is one of the best Gapes pictures there is look at his cheery face he's just such a jolly man Yeah, so he's got a temporary site though like MikeGapesForElford.org which is his campaign site yeah 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 I mean yeah shame we didn't get that in time but but that was probably well cheap it's probably like a fiver or something such a specific not a general thing like MikeGapes.co.uk like any kind of British pornographer could have snapped that up years ago I love the meet Mike section 
It's just, it's just, meet Mike again. Sub, that could be a pornographic website. The subheading is <laughs> Mike's meat. The subheading is, and I quote verbatim here: "Every knows someone who's been helped by Mike." <laughs> He's got every a new what? video as well. What was the original every, draft of that? Every Soviet lobbyist, not Soviet. What the fuck? Every Saudi lobbyist, you know. Every senior executive in the milk industry knows someone who's been helped by Mike. Oh, it's got all the hits in here. I will always speak out and put this community first, irrespective of the impact on my own political career. A rare bit of self-awareness there that he's going to lose. I won't go along with nonsense, poor leadership, or the abandonment of decent political values and principles. He's gone on about Corbyn's candidate several times. Corbyn's candidate? Does he ever mention him by name? I've always said that I didn't leave Labour, it left me. No, he doesn't doesn't mention Sam Terry once. I grew up in Ilford. I live in Ilford. I love Ilford. I know my way round. (laughs) <laughs> so i mean should we talk about the gapes hustings yes please. because that's, that, that's, i think that's that was the main the... development post Millergate, really isn't it been yeah a big, well a big event this week actually just before the hustings there was the mrp you know the, the big generally quite accurate poll prediction thing from a huge sample that that came out and we can talk about that more generally later maybe but the fact was that it showed gapes not even in contention in ilford south where i was completely a you know i thought he was the main challenger to Corbyn's candidate. That's the impression that I was given by all his barnstorming rhetoric. But no, he wasn't even there. Labour were like on 60% or something. Yeah. And Simon Monk pointed out that the swing from Gapes could be like the biggest from any MP ever yeah. or what, whatever. Because <laughs> um, he got something like 76% in the last election, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets in, 5% in, in, now. You know, that's minus 70% yeah. the same candidate two years. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So this case out and it was presumably a big blow for gapes i mean he's still going on about how like best for britain and all those melt fake news lib dem tactical voting things haven't recommended him in any, any seats <laughs> i mean for critical support for them recommending tarry yeah. in his seat i guess but yeah gapes is just still super angry at them hey best for britain why is your tool recommending voting for Corbyn's candidate in Ilford South when you know that I defied Corbyn's whip and voted against triggering Article 50 and I have always supported a people's vote. Is it now your policy to undermine pro-European MPs? The uh, St Petersburg troll factories and the RT propaganda channel already and you have the tool and he was he took that fighting spirit to the hustings in ilford and fuck man what a catastrophe i i gotta say i only really watched the gapes bits but man it was hard to tell whether he or the audience had the more contempt for the other uh, he's oh, sort of like he... i was amazed at how the chair kept telling the audience not to be rude to gapes but seemed to have no compunction about like how rude gapes was to sam tarry he was just like corbin's clothes and there wasn't even a just kind of he was saying Mike 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 and I I thought he was going to interrupt Gapes and say hang on man come on be like respectful but it was just telling the audience to shut up fair enough that's how these things often are to be fair I think what they're they're always looking to do is make sure that all the candidates are going to come along to the next one in a couple of years time when there's council elections and so on they don't (laughs) want to get a reputation of being hostile to the candidates yeah fair enough to the guy he generally chaired it all right, but as as you say he was 
generally siding with the candidates over the audience, which is, is quite typical. But to be fair as well, he was making sure that quite specific questions were asked. Yeah, he, he actually well. did. Yeah, he actually done his asked. research, and when people had submitted detailed questions, he was asking them in detail with reference to specific tweets and stuff, rather than <laughs> just this normal really, do you like her, you know? Mike, you, in your initial response, you said that you resigned from the Labour Party because of... Uh, anti-Semitism that had taken hold under Jeremy Corbyn. I want to ask you what your views are on one of the change, independent group for change UK's candidates at the last European elections here in London. Uh, Nora Mulready uh, tweeted a number of things. I'm going to quote them to you and you you failed to suspend her. She tweeted uh, the fallacy that Islamism, Islamism is nothing to do with Islam. It's a fallacy that Islamism is nothing to do with Islam and that radical Islamism can be Quranically justified. In a separate comment, she said that um, immigrants bring with them some very regressive cultural values. In the aftermath of the London Bridge terrorist attacks in 2017, she tweeted, will Cobra meeting in response to the attack have the integrity to call threat by its name? We cannot deal with it if we can't even name it. Islamism, a strand of Islam. Now, you claim that you left the Labour Party because you didn't want to uh, be a party, uh, being a party associated with racism, yet this candidate, despite the Muslim Council of Britain saying that um, she, she was all too ready in othering people and that she was conflating Islam with terrorism, and Tell Mama, the anti-Muslim hate crime monitoring agency, calling her comments a ridiculous joke, you failed to suspend her. So I'm afraid that on balance, that you aren't in a position to lecture any other body, anybody else on anti-racism, are you, Mike? Right, um, let, me, let me get a few things clear here. I wrote a response on behalf of our candidates at that time to the misrepresentation of the views of Nora Mulready. Uh, the okay. reason why she was being criticised is because she had spoken out in support of a woman who had fled from a forced marriage to an Al-Qaeda person, Mike. a Canadian academic called Yasmin Mohammed, and she, Mike. she... Oh, no, I am answering the question. Yeah, he asked some really pointed questions about Nora Mulready and her racist comments big and the jo- criticism. Big Joey Russo, who we claimed the scalp of as well, you know. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, fuck. Moment where... I recognised all the names that he mentioned. <laughs> I think Ali Sajadi as well was, was on there. Yes, and I was like, was fuck, so these are our guys, you know. But before we move on, Mike... You've came out and give a full-throttled defence of Nora Mulready. There's two more candidates and their comments I want to bring to your attention. You had Joseph Russo, and then I'll come to the audience, in Scotland, who, who said, Black women scare me. I put this down to being chased through Amsterdam by a crazy black whore. A, a Tory candidate, Ali... No, what, no. Right. Tory candidate, Ali Sajadeh, had to resign because he said... When I hear 70% of pickpockets caught on the London underground are Romanian, it kind of makes me want to Brexit. These are unjustifiable, outright racist remarks, and these people shouldn't have been uh, selected as candidates. How do you respond to that? I I respond as follows. 
we, we had a new party that we just set up. We okay. had no infrastructure. We had just got the approval by the Electoral Commission. We had 3,700 applicants, and we had to find 70 candidates. We okay. had three days to do it in. We employed a vetting firm to go through social media posts. We removed people from those potential candidates' lists. This one got through, okay. and as soon as it was uh, uh, brought to our attention, he was removed as Thank a candidate. Mike. We've got to move on. Wait, but, um, Whitman escaping censure again. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I yeah. So sorry, I didn't want to be too uh, critical of the chair because he, he, he tried his best. It was just that one yeah. specific moment. I thought he was going to tell Gapes off for how rude he was being about Sam Tarry, you know, because Gapes was just proper like Corbyn's clone. <laughs> I, I think I think let him rant, and that's actually yeah. going to do him more harm than if they'd stopped him a couple of sentences in and been like show some respect to the candidate. If they let I him say... show how bitter he is, that's going to resound more with the audience. And neither Jeremy Corbyn nor Boris Johnson are fit to be Prime Minister of our country. We don't need someone in this community who is just a Corbyn clone. We need someone to represent the no. people of Ilford. We need Mike, someone Mike, Mike, who... Who is prepared to speak up as no. I did when I voted Mike, against triggering talk. Article 50? No, uh, stop, Mike. Look, he will be heard. He's a lot of time will be made use of. If you don't want to listen to him, you can leave. Mike, carry Thank on. you. This, like, it really gave me pause for thought about the whole, our whole Gapes thing because I was like, fuck, if you don't cut in his rant about milk into whatever he says, then it's, uh, he comes off really badly, you know? <laughs> I was like, the fact, the, the fact, I had, I just had it kind of this eureka moment, like, fuck, like, when you cut in his rant about milk, yeah, it takes away his credibility. But you just, you don't see what, like, a nasty bastard he comes across, you know? <laughs> like, he He's really a bitter, unpleasant, and angry man at the best of times. Yeah. You do see, you see the different side to Gapes. Like when he's introduced by Crick, he'll come across as very softly spoken, reasonable, well, quite reasonable. And then when he's actually confronted by like voters, he's just like, "Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck the lot of you! I'm not owned! I'm not! I'm, you're owned!" It was a good sort of building momentum over the course of the two hours twenty minutes or whatever it was, because he starts off. <laughs> He's clearly a little bit embittered, a little bit ground down by the whole thing, but he's giving answers reasonably calmly and yeah. outlining what he thinks, whether it's going down well or badly. And then about the hour mark, when they're pursuing him about specific stuff about Change UK, he's starting <laughs> to get a bit touchy. The crowd are starting to, to laugh or boo him a bit more. And by the end of it, the big crescendo for the, the promo where he's fucking... I'm proud to have been in the Labour Party of Blair and Brown. <laughs> that's some fucking heel heat that's drawing, man. You could put this guy against Hulk Hogan in the 80s. He'd be booed yeah, out yeah. the building. He would sell out WrestleMania. The guy knows I mean, how to work a crowd. I am proud to have been a member of Parliament under the Labour government of Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. I... As Shrieking Tin Man said in that Medium post, to his credit, Gapes followed his principles out of the Labour Party. The man is a true ideologue. He genuinely believes that Blairism is really good 
And he wants the world, he is determined for the world to be as he wants it to be. And he thinks that he can just rhetorically force the world into the shape that he wants to see it in. Well, he actually Uh, does want to use bombs as well to do it. Like, that's kind of... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. The rhetoric is the stage one. I was saying after I watched The Irishman that Jimmy Hoffa is very much in the mode of a kind of old labour right wheeler and dealer and you know he too was determined when people said to Hoffa no you can't run again for the teams to presidency Fitz has got it he's got the mob support (laughs) you know you can't go for this he fucking did it anyway and that's probably why he disappeared but Gapes is determined to make himself get disappeared from politics not probably from life unless he does have a massive coronary on the campaign trail He's allegedly more interesting but... than allegedly disappearing other people allegedly <laughs> well that's let's you know let's, <laughs> let's not uh, apportion any blame in the miller disappearance for no, now. He, that, that's fair that's responsible it was Look, more likely it was allegedly take... more likely to be allegedly be martin francis anyway allegedly yeah yeah okay at, we need to take underscore murder space, allegedly deeply ser- not that there's any evidence that there was a murder we need to take murders deeply serious allegedly yeah but anyway gapes is very much just just doing the hoffer thing he's like no i can run i can win tony blair is good you know <laughs> and everyone's like i'm ridiculous you, you love tony yeah. blair your name's mike gapes and he's like <laughs> he's no getting angry no. Back at him. He's, you know, yeah <laughs> you know when they're talking about his campaign colours I think in the closing statement he says something like there's no copyright on colours <laughs> so good he sounds so he's angry really, when he says it it's been eating away at him for like two weeks you know and it's, yeah, he's it's fucking barely like relevant to like out. anything that's been discussed in the previous two hours but, you know, maybe Sam Tarry mentioned it at some point but it's the fact he's bringing it up in his closing statement rather than trying to make out I've done a good job for 27 years I'm going to keep doing a job regardless of what my tag is that's like the normal thing you'd expect anyone to say whatever party they used to be in and he's just yeah. like no I will be vindicated Blair is good, and these colours are mine now. Yeah. And as regards my colours of the campaign, the Labour Party, since Corbyn, has dropped the yellow, red and white. It's now just got dull red. And the reality is, there, there is no copyright on colours. They haven't yet managed to legislate that. So as far as I'm concerned, I am proud to stand on these colours as I did when I was elected first in the 1990s. Thank you. Right, come on, every candidate needs to be heard with respect and you can make your judgement on the 12th of December. They belong to me, real Labour values. Uh, my favourite bit was obviously when he threatened to leave. <laughs> yes. He's just like, no, no, I will, if you if you will not let me speak, then I I will leave. And it's just the most petulant just, fucking thing I've ever heard. He just loves drama, doesn't he? He's, yeah, he is a messy bitch who loves drama. <laughs> and if you've got the letter that I wrote back to the Muslim Council of Britain, please read it all out if we've got time. Secondly, there is a difference. Clearly, let, 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 look, if you don't want me to speak, then I will leave. If, if you really want to stop right. me, I will leave. Let me, let me, let me... Let him answer, let him answer, let him answer. Let him answer. You know, it's, it's clear. I mean, there are people here who would rather try and shout me down. If Please, you want respect. to shout me down, go ahead and I will leave. 
Right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it is like a fucking marathon. Uh, well, it's like two hours long, so yeah, it really but, is. Yeah, um, but friend of the show, Orwell fan fan, has helpfully watched <laughs> the entire thing and put wow. in in the YouTube replies. He's time stamped every gape spec. <laughs> That'd be so useful for editing the show. It really? Yeah, no, it's going to be an absolute godsend for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you click on it and it's like five seconds before he starts speaking every time. And he's captioned him oh, like, sick. this is where he speaks about crime this is where he speaks about the eu this is where he Milk. gives his opening statement was there any like gates bingo did he go off on any convoluted metaphors or mention seamus milne or no you know? he talks a bit about foreign policy but by gates's standards it's not deranged he doesn't like angry about putin's policy and stuff there like is that. that jokes bit where he's like he's saying that criticism of of certain muslims is not islamophobic and he's like uh, what about the rohingya genocide uh, and they are Buddhists, and they just cut him off just as he does this, like, which his type of melts would call it whataboutery, and he's just like, well, these people are Buddhists. I will not accept an argument that says, because someone says that there are bad people who are using Islam okay. in a bad way, just as there are people who carried out atrocities and murders like the people who are killing the Rohingya in, in Myanmar. Mike, 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 they are Buddhists. Mike, Mike, and, and you Mike, like that. Mike, I want to come in. There's a great bit as well where they're saying... <laughs> I think it's a moderator. It might be someone from the crowd, but I think it was a moderator who's saying, like, all these candidates that have spoken before you, they've all got their manifestos where they're obviously representing national policy for Labour, Conservatives, Lib Dems. You're an independent. What's your sort of wider thinking on these issues? You know, how are people going to know what you believe on a wide range of stuff? And he's having to point out, actually, I do have this document here. And it's like the Change UK, the independent group manifesto. Like, <laughs> yes, literally, the, the three of them that are actually in the party have probably sat together and thought, look, what what can we all come up with that we agree on? And it's like, it looks like a tiny little pamphlet, you know? Yeah. Well, here's a question. Are they standing any other candidates beyond the big three? I don't think so. <laughs> I think, I think they the, the white 70 the candidates. just absolutely yeah. killed them, yeah. They had, they had yeah. a full slate everywhere in the European elections because obviously that's by region. Oh, that's the so only, funny. Yeah, the only seats are Broxtow, Ilford South and Nottingham East, which is Subaru, Gates <laughs> and Leslie respectively because Anne Coffey and Joan Ryan are not standing for re-election. So the absolute best scenario, if they upset all the odds, bigger shocks in history and win all three of their <laughs> seats, they will still yeah. be going down from five MPs to three. <laughs> Realistically, though, maybe Subaru has some chance and that's it does she really i don't know i've heard people say but i might be completely wrong so, maybe do you think the tories will win it off her up? the thing is like she won it in 2017 by less than a thousand votes from the labor candidate if you remember they had about seven yeah. seven recounts yeah of course I just remember because even by her standards she was absolutely fucking smashed out of her skull <laughs> yeah, her up, like steaming like, drunk. Absolutely it was a terrible fucking, campaign yeah ukip also only got 2.7% at the last election so we're probably yeah. not looking at a big sort of Eurosceptic UKIP Brexit party swing to her Lib Dems in third on 4% so 
you're probably thinking <laughs> that even if she gets 2% of the vote, that may well be enough, unless there's a big swing nationally, to actually <laughs> get the Labour candidate in, who is Greg Marshall, who is the guy who almost beat her last time. So oh, right. she's absolutely not going to win. Uh, okay. But she, she may Excellent. well actually genuinely damage the Conservatives, which would be the best thing she's ever done in her life. Um, that would be good, yeah. I mean, I was slightly... I knew Broxtow was a competitive seat for Labour, so I, I was like, just slightly worried that she'd maybe, you know, poison the well with Remainers in yeah. there or something. I don't but, know much about yeah, Greg Marshall. He's involved with Unison by the look of it, but okay. I don't know much about his uh, politics. But they are also in, in the same constituency. They've got an independent who I know nothing about. The Greens are running. The Lib Dems aren't running. The Lib Dems are actually stood aside for Anna Subri. <laughs> Pathetic. So she might get half of their 4% vote plus a few Conservatives. <laughs> you know. Is this the Remain Alliance? Yeah, that might be enough well, to I actually think. let her be the most successful of the Change UK candidates. But that's still going to yeah, be... Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's not going to be anywhere near 10%. So the English Democrats bet, um, are, are running there as well. Um, oh, fucking hell. Uh, the, gr- bet, the Greens, um, who got 1% last time. And Militant Elvis, the Church of the Militant <laughs> Elvis Party, who are now anti-HS2. Um, All right. They had policy last time, while being the Elvis and the Yeti Himalayan Preservation Party. The manifesto stated, if cannabis is ever legalised, it should be nationalised and called British grass. So that's actually quite a good policy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm fully in favour of British grass, man. <laughs> with a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, they had a policy before to go to Antarctica and shout at icebergs to stop melting, which in a way, again, <laughs> is, is praxis. Absolutely, yeah. Stop the melting, that's what I say. Yeah. Um, he wanted to overthrow so... the capitalist state due to it turning Elvis into a fat media joke. <laughs> that's unfair this guy's actually fair good. man I, I'm saying this guy's great I'm sure I'm going to get a paragraph later in the man well all... you know what they say right <laughs> Elvis died when he joined the army the Wikipedia... that was the capitalist state yeah. they fucking did it the Wikipedia page as like leader David Bishop ideology satire and green politics political position probably centre left it actually says probably <laughs> in there so that's I guess the goings on in Ilford and with the whole change UK thing Chris Leslie is being Chris Leslie Leslie's, I've checked Leslie's doing he's running there. the most boring fucking campaign you could imagine he's Chris Leslie like literally Leslie again it, he's like Gapes he had 71.5% of the vote last <laughs> he got a Corbyn boost of 16.9% versus 2015 yeah. he's going to get less than Gapes yeah, 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 absolutely. He's not got. I think, got, I think Gates like. Is he? He's um. <laughs> yeah, he David Bishop run against him last time. So this guy, this Elvis party guy, just moves around the country, standing against melts. <laughs> he, he's been made making his mission to annoy Change UK people before Change UK even existed. Ah, oh, fantastic! I like this guy. I can't remember who it was, like, some melt, like, fucking added us just before our account was deleted. Like, no matter what those real politic trolls say, Gapes is actually really popular in Islington, uh, Islington sorry, in Ilford South. Yeah, in Islington, they all wish they could vote for Gapes instead of Corbyn. I mean, but, um, we heard this about fucking Simon Danchuk in Rochdale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did that work out? Yeah, well, exactly. So we'll see how fucking popular Gapes is. But I reckon he probably has got more, like, local connections than Leslie has. Like, Leslie, his natural home is a boardroom. Like, he doesn't belong, like, meeting people. He's not a people politician. He's a fucking... He's not even so much a technocrat as just, like... He's 
he's like just a capitalist who just ended up somehow as a Labour MP rather than working for a company. You get the impression like, that Gapes probably likes a lot of the processes of being a local MP. It's just his yeah. actual political views are all wrong for his constituents. Oh, yeah, he fucking loves it, man. He loves like the hobnobbing, you know, going to like... The he likes fucking... going to all the little local events, getting some free little cake fair and, and nice stuff. funny photo shoots and stuff. Exactly. Leslie, on That's... the other hand, he loves it. he's got his one facial expression, which is permanent Confused. moderate discomfort scared like he's sitting on the world's least comfortable chair even when he's standing up you know <laughs> they're touching me yeah they're touching me and you'd say that he was thinking that about like ordinary people but it's the same when he meets nancy pelosi yeah yeah <laughs> whatever the guy pouring one out for yeah. nancy pelosi's uh, political decision making <laughs> come on that has, aged, that has aged like milk and you have the milk and it was, yeah, it so was obviously bad at the time, and it's yeah. got worse. <laughs> so we've got three items we wanted to talk today, and we've like, or obviously ended up dedicating, I presume, like an hour to Gabe's. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so, about an hour in, and a good 35 minutes of that is pure Gabe's, so let's move on. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, much as we've talked already about how sad and unfair it is that we've all been banned off Twitter and various stuff going on like that and you don't want to see people getting censored like that. We've seen an enemy of the show fall on hard times, not on Twitter, but in their actual employment situation. Obviously, you don't like to gloat in these sort of situations, but it was only a few days ago when uh, we found out that uh, one Oz Katerji has, uh, I think it's Katerji, sorry, has been moonlighting for the Daily Mail via... You talk about a fucking roller coaster, well, man. This has just been one development yeah. after another. The, the Mail Online, which obviously is part of the Mail group, it's on the Daily Mail website, but the stories, presumably for the most part, aren't making it into the actual print paper. And yeah, a lot yeah, of... it's, just, it's like proper trash, you know? Yeah, some of them are byline just to Oz Katerji, and some of them are Oz and... Uh, couple of particularly dodgy clickbait farms basically the stories are just bizarre there's one about a really big mushroom you know it's all just very odd stuff i'm trying to find scroll back a bit and find what the actual there's also one which is like migrants are clambering into people's pockets yeah. to cross the border yeah, that's the migrants, one. like <laughs> refugees hiding in glove compartments he, he, he's literally seen the famous james bloodworth Cubans in Syria story and <laughs> like, everyone else is either for well that's ridiculous or if they agree with that sort of red baiting shit they're being like uh, oh okay wow that's definitely true I'm scared now um, and Oz has obviously thought that's good but I can top that there are migrants hiding in glove boxes but the thing about Oz is his whole thing is like I'm really principled. I stand up for what I believe in and I fight for it, even if it makes me unpopular, even if it makes me enemies and gives me given rows. It's what I believe. I'm sincere about it. Some of his positions independently are not awful at all. It's just the person making them and the way he makes them are awful. And one of those positions, <laughs> I think, most of them are is awful. he's always been very pro-migrant, pro-immigration. Yeah, I, I mean, and- I guess like they've got to go somewhere after those bombs fall. 
<laughs> yet here he is writing these bizarre stories about migrants hiding in glove box with massive one it's obviously a false story because unless it's literally a newborn baby a person doesn't fit in a glove box mate that was why i thought i'd misremembered it yeah. i thought that the glove box thing was just like the extreme version of it that i'd come up with in my head yeah <laughs> you know no no, no that, that, that's fuck? genuine but he's just completely against his own stated principles for a payday maybe he's hard up but he's not we'll get to that in a bit but the other stories as well that you know he makes out like I'm I'm reporting the, the, the truths you know I'm telling the true shit that no one else is doing doing proper serious reporting and we've got headlines here like make room for the mushroom Spanish chef <laughs> stumbles across biggest ever mushroom weighing a massive 152 pounds the chef said the mushroom cannot be cooked but plans to extract its scent <laughs> Wipe out. Incredible moment. Jet ski rider rescues surfer from 50 foot wave. Only for it to bear down on them and swallow them up before they emerge unscathed. By Oz Katerji for Mail Online and Newsflare. Uh, they're just bizarre. Eco friendly shoe manufacturer Allbirds blasts Jeff Bezos <laughs> of a strikingly similar Amazon shoe. The Raphael Bear. I was going to say tanks on Raphael Bear's lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for your brief, bitch. <laughs> Like, this is, it's honestly, it's like a slightly less actively creepy version of his with these glasses stop me perving on women. Being so adorable is very tiring work. Sleepy panda cubs snuggle up at Berlin Zoo, but not before enjoying a cuddle with mum. Yeah, I mean, that kind of, that that is like that piece for the Mail Online, written by the same guy as migrants clambering in in your glove box, is really like, you know, just kind of like the banality of fascism with a smiley face, if you know what I mean, like kind of online yeah. viral friendly fascism. It's the, it's the Mail Online <laughs> in microcosm, isn't it? You know, yeah. clickbait friendly content, your mother-in-law or whatever will, will click on on and then yeah um, exactly you know oh let's that, go on the main side, website oh a little bit of fabric on yeah that. exactly you know? yeah that's yeah, how yeah. they get you so this this was just we only learned of this three days ago okay yeah most of left twitter and it seems like you've been working them since about the start of november and well, october so a few weeks okay roughly a month let's call it and mm. today the same person i believe they were formally affiliated with like Sputnik or some slightly crank operation. Um, okay. And now they just seem to do on Medium, which tells its own story. But anyway, point is. Uh, can I just point out that we have the same parent company as Sputnik? No, it's it's very it's like the the it's like the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. They're very very different. Okay, so we can actually snag them off fine, and it's not in any way compromising us to be getting our money from the exact same people and the exact same owner. Actually, it's fine. That's a good well, That's a good connection you've made there. I think. Yeah, yeah. I thought about this a lot, you know, so I can look myself in the mirror in the morning and, and such like. <laughs> yeah. So what we've learned today from the same source, the same story, is that he was today sacked from the Daily Mail, <laughs> from the newsroom, in front, love to hear it. in front of everyone, okay? <laughs> Humiliated in front of the biggest pack of cunts in the world. Yeah, yeah, and the, <laughs> the reason being, okay, he's gone in, he's clocked in in the racism factory, you know, I don't know if it's nine to five yeah. or whatever, he's, he's clocked in, <laughs> he's sat down for the day, he's been obviously typing up his clickbait and so on, and at the same time, he's been, you know, just a, Oh, he just must be logged into Twitter and just tweeting away or maybe on other social media. And what he's been doing 
is he's been logging on. You know what he likes to do is, is scream at everyone that disagrees with him on anything as an Asadist. He's been logging on and calling Peter Hitchens an Asadist. Now, Peter Hitchens is many things. He might be an Assad apologist. I don't know if really looked. He's got a lot of bad opinions. I'm not exactly defending the guy. But he is famously the big name columnist that the entire yeah. mail operation have. He was probably... Think of how many people... He was the very first right-wing journalist that I fucking hated in my life. Because my yeah, parents I mean... used to fucking subscribe to the mail on Sunday. <laughs> and when I was about sort of 12 to 14, I used to start looking at it for the sports pages. And you'd realise, you'd have a look through the rest of it, and there was always this guy, this odd guy. It looked like he'd never fucked in his life and was very distraught about it. And he would mm. just be kicking off every week some mad rant about how the Beatles led to the degeneracy of Western society, which in turn led <laughs> to the Brass Eye Special Airing or something like that. And I was just sitting there like, the right wing are fucking weird, aren't they? Yeah, this guy yeah, had yeah, a full definitely. Page to spout his shit. He was obviously one of the star attractions. I think this was the same era they had Suzanne Moore as like their token lefty, which shows you where, like, where the, the spectrum was busted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's an odd guy. But what Oz has done, he's logged in he, on his mail online work computers, has been smearing Peter Hitchens as an Assad apologist over a dozen <laughs> times on his monitored work computer. <laughs> and he's been sacked in front of the whole newsroom apparently, allegedly obviously we're not really going to ever see proof of this one way or other, it's just an opinion but he was apparently given a little speech about integrity and, and honesty and professional values like yeah, mate, I mean, if generally you were that we don't deal. It, you wouldn't be in the mail online newsroom. In yeah, the first generally place. we don't deal with people from the mail. But if anyone recorded it on their phone and wants to send us a clip, I mean, come on, an office full of journalists. Someone fucking recorded it. I hope so. Yeah, but what, a, a, a nice, beautiful little bit of false news is that various pictures of him being dragged away by security at that speech in October 2016 when he, when yeah, he right, turned up at one of Corbyn's so. speeches and he was like, "Why do you love Assad? Why do you love Assad?" Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, generally screaming and being very angry and uh, getting dragged away and everyone's just assumed that's actual footage of him being escorted out of the mail <laughs> online offices I've had to just like politely say to about five yeah, luckily, people on Twitter and <laughs> Michael Crick that. just happened to be there with his cameras he was he was getting it all there <laughs> <laughs> would have censored his it's face so if joking. it was real because what, clearly what's happened is that he's got it into his head that the left are just so like morally degenerate just such like corrupt fucking uh, yeah. devoid of principles kind of awful people but he might as well just go and work for the daily mail at least you know it's a paying job and everything well, it's the same logic least, that led him to join the Lib not, Dems you know at least they're not the hard left so he's whatever for whatever reason got that because okay the left are much more anti-war mm. than the right therefore it must be the right who have all the principles I'll go and work for the daily mail and then he's not remembered that the right thrive on a hierarchy of like patronage and deference and that you can't fucking treat your so-called betters like that if you're if you're at a right-wing publication uh, actually this extends to the guardian as well because like you think if owen jones was like it's me or friedland they wouldn't just be like, right, pack your bags. You can't, as a, as a sort of junior person at these like publications where there's a sort of strict hierarchy, of, this person's a veteran, they've done their bit, they can do what the fuck they want. Like, you can't like get 
kind of above your station in that case uh-huh. and like yeah i guess yeah he can say this is his principles but he worked for the daily mail and we've seen the stuff that he wrote so like, like fuck his principles it's, it's an incredible sense of him just not knowing how to pick his battles which is really funny yeah if you or i got hired by the guardian or something for example and we decided we were going to try and <laughs> move it to the left in a long game we wouldn't start by picking a fight with one of their sort of star right-wing attractions and just if it's threatening them in print and on our social media and stuff because we know that hasn't tended to end well for people like owen jones and dawn foster who are big names you know you'd start with some jobber like stuart heritage or something like that you know you'd pick them up <laughs> yeah. one and, and work your way up the ladder you know <laughs> martin rob martin robbins was obviously yeah you know he was flipping the political perspectives he got ideas above his station he started going exactly the, the big guns but like actually you're just the weird reddit, athe- the wood reddit guy. atheist guy that they give commissions as a, as a favor to like helen lewis and that you know <laughs> thinking over and over again about it Oz Katerji, he's got this horrible cynical worldview that has driven him to the Daily Mail which is that when people are anti-war it's not because they want peace and you know harmony around the globe it's because they actually want more bloodshed and oppression and it's a very kind of paranoid view it's a conspiracy theorist view albeit one widely held by the establishment in most countries yeah. but it, it is a kind of conspiracy theory view because it look it, everywhere you kind of see ulterior motives and you so it's a distrustful way to look at people in politics and fair enough i distrust a lot of people in politics i mean in this case it's just directed at the anti-war left but anyway he's got he's got it into his head that the daily mail is the kind of institution that it's acceptable to work for and that you can compromise your principles and it turns out not even everyone there wants to fucking burn the entirety of the middle east to a little crisp so (laughs) wow this must presumably be a big awakening for him but he's actually quite unrepentant if you take a look at his twitter not i can actually look at his timeline because he blocked me yeah no there's there's a beautiful i'm not mad tweet where it's basically (laughs) several different people have independently quote tweeted it with a photo of that superimposed with the migrants in glove boxes one i'm trying to find it because he spent several hours since screaming at glenn greenwald yeah i mean you know a lot of people have problems with Greenwald, I mean, understandably. I think that on balance, he's, as Owen Halfley would say, with all caps at the start of every word, a good thing. But, like... He has some weird libertarian views in amongst the things He does, absolutely. I think he's good for somebody who's not from like a kind of left tradition necessarily. But, basically, I just really... Whatever is foibles and flaws i really relish seeing a 1.4 million follower account <laughs> fucking laying into oz you love to see it fuck yeah, yeah. so here, here we go <laughs> guys just this was immediately after friend of the show community formerly um ozram i thought it was a com- community or something yeah yeah it's like yeah, triple yeah, m it. double t hi Hey, yeah, um, titties, you get it? This guy. This guy. Big friend of the show, anyway. Yeah, he, they, yeah, we know he's listening. Hi, mate. Immediately after that, I don't know if that was the one that finally pushed him over the edge. He's like, guys, <laughs> just a small point. Trolling works better when the person you're trolling feels ashamed rather than proud of their own behaviour. You think me getting publicity for sticking to my principles makes me look bad somehow? Loki tweeted that one out, sort of quote tweeted with the drill tweet of, I'm not mad. Please don't put in the newspaper that I got mad. 
<laughs> but as I was scrolling down to find that, I noticed in amongst all the absolutely raging everyone that's been taking the piss out of him, uh, particularly everyone with a platform that's been taking the piss out of him, one is like, at James Ball. That's so kind, James. Honestly, thanks. <laughs> and Stu- <laughs> Stuart McDonald, the dickhead SNP guy, the real uh, smug arsehole uh, guy so. as well. He seems yeah. to be nice to us about it as well. So that Well, Stuart McDonald, you always oh. see him here, like here we go, here we go. Uh, a fine compromising into... journalist. Oz always upsets the right people in his mission to keep reporting <laughs> of the truth, the bullshit free zone. He doesn't give the youthful <laughs> idiots an inch, and for that he's to be applauded. Oh, it's dropping hard truths, man. You just can't handle the truth, the truth uh, bombs, literally. Truth was, bombs it, it, it in was him, case. It was him, wasn't it, that literally tried to report or grass up Dennis Skinner for calling him a dickhead or something like that? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Off. It was Stuart McDonald is a cunt, man, and yeah. he's always buying into the establishment framing on foreign policy. Just kind of hand-wringing about Labour on foreign policy matters. I've got zero time for that guy in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Real Politic, everyone. We will never retire. <laughs> Real Politic is never closing down. We will go forever. <laughs> you know, the mail can splash fucking 10 pages on us, and, you know, Twitter can, you know, SoundCloud from. No, don't. Please, SoundCloud, don't suspend us. Because uh, <laughs> we rely on having the back catalogue out there. But, like, you know, Twitter can suspend as many accounts as they want, and we'll still keep going, and we'll be here going mad over the next two weeks fighting for a Labour victory. You can lock us up or Skype in from fucking prison. <laughs> exactly. There'll be some fucking we'll bleed ways. through on my sound there, I'll tell you. <laughs> By the way, let's close on this tweet from Francis Barber. Oh, fucking... Irony, darling. You racists don't get it. She's gonna get banned tonight. Oh, oh, right. Okay, so the irony was because she did a... She wrote a tweet where she was like... Um, racist. <laughs> I think I'd get a crowdfunder from all the, in capital letters, rich Jews Corbyn has been appalling to. When you're very, very serious about stopping anti-Semitism, that's what you tweet. <laughs> yeah. So what I say to all our fucking haters is, irony, darling, you don't get it. You should take after the Margaret Cutting from Liverpool. <laughs> the Margaret, Margaret Cutting. Cutting. <laughs> the absolute definitive article. The thing is, I hear that and I'm like, did she mean it as in the Margaret Cutting? Or did she just mean the Margaret Cutting? In just a kind of like gibberishy, like drill type, I love the Margaret Cutting kind of way. I, I, I think it was probably both. I'm fucking, I'm six bottles of wine in and I fucking love the Margaret Cutting. Well, the off-license, the off-license has a Black Friday sale on and, and here she is now just tweeting a load of embarrassing racism so <laughs> you can trace the background of it quite easy. But anyway, we've established racism is good if it's ironic. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's fucking you know, we got into the podcasting business at a good time, boys. That's all I'll say. <laughs> the handshake meme there between <laughs> Come town, watch Francis out. Barber, Eric Idle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah check out our separately released eric idol episode lads yeah smooth <laughs> anyway smooth plug there. real politic fuck yeah thank you
think it's exciting as young people, it's crowdsourcing.